Hey guys, Jim Cox, Devon Financial Partners, Park Avenue Securities, here with an interview at the Ramdas Retreat in Maui, Hawaii, Spring 2018, and I'm here with Duncan Trussell, podcaster and spiritual entrepreneur extraordinaire, and wanted to get his take on kind of his view on the economy, spirituality, and kind of where things intersect, and especially with young people nowadays, um, especially with kind of the challenges facing the economy and how people can kind of uh, make their way in the world. So, mm-hmm. Duncan, thanks for taking the time to chat, oh, bud. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show, Jim. Awesome. So, uh, tell, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself where you come from, what you do, what you've done. I, I'm a comedian. I have a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Art Podcast. And I've been doing that for about, I don't know how long, Jim, like at least seven years, I think. I lose track of time. Yep. So that's it. That's me. Okay. I mean, you know, I could go on and on about like weird other stuff, but I guess that's the synopsis. Okay. So what, um... You're here at the uh, Ramdas retreat. What do you see as the value of kind of coming to an event like this, like uh, the retreat for Ramdas and spirituality? Like, how does that fit into like your life? Well, I think that it's good to train when so that you could become more compassionate and less selfish and more open. Uh, that's a good thing to do for your life, and it's a thing that people maybe don't or it, when it comes to love you know people think you just can that love is everyone's equally good at love mm-hmm. so does, you know what I mean so they don't understand that it's actually a thing you can cultivate yeah. and because of that people end up accidentally hurting lots of people or being hurt or being confused or well I think the reality is in the today's world you have a lot of people who are who don't have that experience in uh, kind of loving relationships. A lot of hurt people, a lot of damaged souls, so to speak, uh, whether it's from abuse or from just things that happen uh, in terms of their life, you know? So you got to relearn that in some regards. That's right. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, or remember it, you know? And and so, yeah, I, that's to me the, the value of it is that it... Uh, helps me or reminds me and trains me in in being a better listener mm-hmm. and being in the moment is one of the fundamental tricks when it comes to listening mm-hmm. if you're not in the moment it's hard to listen to people and because I do podcasts and interview people I've got to have tools so that I can pull myself back into the moment so my mind doesn't wander during an interview. That's exactly right. That's good. So one of the one of the side effects of having you associated with uh, the retreat has been kind of an influx of younger people. And, you know, what I wanted to do is kind of get your take on, like, you know, young people's economic opportunities today. I mean, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, college student debt is freaking insane compared to, you know, when we were younger, um, you know, any advice in terms of how young people can deal with creating a more sustainable financial economic future, given kind of the world that we live in? 
You know, man, probably for young kids these days, the best bet is to start, like, selling fentanyl. You know, the, the opiate that's similar to heroin. Figure out a way to, like, get an inroad into Mexico. You don't want to piss off the cartels, though. So you might have to make partnerships with some of the cartels. You're basically going to need someone who flies a private jet or someone who has, like, a commercial access to a commercial airline where you can stash it in the seats and then get it back to the United States, spread it out, don't sell it where you land the plane, get it distributed across the states, sell in very small quantities with a network of very close friends. Try to evade capture by making sure no one really knows you're the one behind the operation and then invest that cash on the dark web into some kind of either a cryptocurrency or weapons. Okay, well, that was not the answer I was expecting. Um, so, what? Uh... The answer would be, you know, this with this kind of stuff. It's I think that it's the 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 answer is really not very sexy and really unromantic, and and really something that nobody wants to hear when they're any age. <clears throat> and a lot of people even take offense to this now, and they say, no, 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 that is not how it works because the economic system is so wonky and messed up that it isn't a fair game and it probably isn't but for certain one thing I've noticed is that the harder I work the more I tend to ex make money and there seems to be an undeniable direct correlation to these things mm -hmm. there's like a, a friend of mine from Mexico said they have a saying which is there's no problem that a 12-hour workday can't fix. Yep. And so so many times I have found myself miserable and broke and feeling victimized. And then I really, truly look at my pattern and realize I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm on my phone all the time. I'm, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've ever gotten in that gym where you tell people, "Oh no, I'm really busy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you look at actually how you're spending. What did your, you produce? You're not busy. You're yeah. just distracted. Yeah. And there's a, and there's so many distractions that just come at us from every direction now with social media and you know every form of just stimulation in in whatever regards. It's just tough to avoid. You have to, like you said, train yourself. Not just train yourself to love, but train yourself to to be present and be aware of what you need to do. Yeah, and you know, part of the, you know, some of my teachers have taught me that <clears throat> we need to go towards the suffering. So wh whatever the thing is in you that you're ignoring, that the room in that you, the house of your consciousness that you don't want to go into, at least know the room is there. Don't yeah. pretend that you're ignoring this thing or that thing. Just know that. And then, and then when you get a little bit of courage, start going into those places where it's really uncomfortable. And for a lot of people, that's just work. It's like, especially if it's being an entrepreneur, you know, it, it, depending on your... your well, up, schools don't teach that, so it's like you're... They don't. Yeah. Because the, um, how do you teach it? Yeah. It's not teachable. It's like with stand-up comedy, it's the, you want to learn how to do stand-up comedy, go on stage. Just do it. You have to just do it. It's the most frustrating thing because it would be so nice <clears> to learn how to be... As you took to all the open books and like oh that's how you tell a joke and oh this is because it'd be so easy yeah but it isn't like that you have to you have to go eat shit yeah and i think it's very similar when it comes to business and i think that people are 
you know, with the family I came up in, I, they, my, my mom and my dad both had bosses. So I came up in a family with people who had bosses. And, and the concept of starting your own business was actually seemed insane. Mm. Like something weird, like you, you, it doesn't work. It's a dream. You, no one, you, do, you can't really do that. Yeah. Even though that's like the foundation of like our society is that, as people who do that. So for me, it was really weird to figure out how to start my own business with my podcast and, and, and grow it and with my stand-up. And in the beginning, it felt alien. It's uncomfortable. No one's there to help you. Mm -hmm. You are going to fall on your ass. You have to fail. You're going, it's not going to work, probably. Mm -hmm. If it does, great. And like you said, it's not sexy. It's not something that people do in order to, they, it doesn't come without the pain. It doesn't no, come without the pain. You got to put some skin on the table, man. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. And if it wasn't that way, every single it. person on earth would be an, would have a, a badass company that they were running that was succeeding it's the reason that there's a there's a force field between a shit ton of people who are working in jobs they don't really like for bosses that are abusive in situations that they really hate and there's a force field between them and this insane other world yeah. and that other world is a dangerous world mm -hmm. and it's a world where you can really fail yeah. but I think you know, this is like in the Bhagavad Gita. I really love it because you know the Bhagavad Gita. You've, yeah. So Arjuna is out there on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. He's looking out into the armies. He's, he's not going to fight. He's a warrior who doesn't want to fight. Because they're all family. They're family, friends, teachers. Yeah. So he drops his bow, Gandava, and he says, I will not fight, Krishna. It would be better to go into the forest and live like an ascetic than to drink the blood of my teachers it's cool and uh, Krishna's response of course well the, the next verse after that is smiling in the midst of the two armies the supreme personality of God had said you speak words of wisdom but you do not understand and that's the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita but it's uh, part of it's like it, it would be better for you to die out here on this battlefield, it'd be better for you to die doing your dharmic duty, like being your true self, than it would be to go in the forest and live for a long time. Yeah. And so I think there's something in that that's very beautiful to me, which is that it, the moment you jump out of your bubble of comfort and into the wild, insane world of like, I think I'm going to be able to start my own business, I'm going to follow this idea through. I'm going to work really hard. I'm not going to have money. I'm not going to be comfortable. I don't know when the next paycheck is coming. I'm going to have to ask for help from people. I'm going to have to like be humbled by this pursuit. Mm -hmm. there, that's terrifying until you're in it and you realize that eating ramen and roaches crawling on your face and laying on a mattress on the floor is a million times better than sitting in some fucking place that you don't want to be at knowing that you're slowly dying even yeah. though you've got a month to month or week to week or every two weeks you get a check that's what I found that's what I found and um but it's no guarantee just because you have the courage that you're going to be okay that's another part sometimes I've gotten emails from people like I quit my job I was listening to you I quit my job I I'm fucked 
I'm fucked. I'm ruined. And it's like, what? Whoever told you you this was gonna work? <laughs> Yeah. You know what I? No one says this is gonna work in, yeah. in the way you think it is. Yeah. So that's the thing. It. The, I think that's kind of the glorious, beautiful thing about it is it is truly dangerous. Yeah. And if it wasn't, everybody would be kicking ass, and there would be no employees, and there would be no cubicle jobs, and there wouldn't be people at Amazon factories pissing themselves because they don't want to go to the bathroom because they get fined for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I think, the, the answer is to do it yourself and, and, get you in, and do it. But for me, that didn't happen until I was like in my late, mid, early 30s. Okay. And was fucked. I had to be fucked. I had to have my back against the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you think that the experiences in your 20s, though, laid the foundation for what you became in your 30s to be able to take on that entrepreneurial absolutely so you had to eat the shit during the, the 20s and actually not eat the shit do the do the work though i wasn't eating the shit i had a day job i was a town coordinator of the comedy store it's a really cool job didn't pay that much but that's cool i got to work see a lot of i got to see success uh. <laughs> and i got to see that people could be successful some people have barely even seen that yeah so when you see that it's possible it activates in your own self a you real, could do this you could do this but then what happened is I went got into two relationships where I was being supported by my girlfriend. And <clears throat> you know that can happen to a man. And like you know you in the if you're if someone's in love with you, they'll tell you, "No, no, no, I want to take care of you. I want to take care of you. I can take care of you while you get back on your feet." And I was an idiot and lazy and stunned is the only way I could put it. It's basically like foggy and stunned. But it becomes like a bondage. Yeah, well, it becomes like you become a parasite. Yeah. You're a parasite, and you're like leeching off of this person who loves you, and you know it, and then you, and so from, and I was lackadaisical, and I thought I could get away with that shit by just being purely stupid mm-hmm. and selfish. But I needed that experience, because after being dumped two times in a row by people who really loved me, but who I had sort of used and damaged accidentally it wasn't like i was like a womanizer i was like just late it was bad that's when i realized oh i can't be that anymore like i have to like get my shit together for real that's a that's not a being i want to be i wish i could say it was something more noble or something like that but it's just embarrassment of like being completely dependent on another person who was unhappy with me seeing how lazy i was well, that's a great driver, though, in terms of forcing somebody into the uncomfortable position of taking responsibility for their own lives. I mean, people who get divorced end up going through the same thing. Yes. Um, I mean, so many, especially women, end up in re- abusive relationships and end up um, having to leave when they're, you know, 40, 50 and start <clears throat> over and yeah. have almost nothing to go on, yeah. you know, except for family, families that they've built. So... I mean, the challenge is real. And but you can always be training. Yeah. This is the thing people forget. You can always be training. There is lynda.com. You can mm-hmm. go on the lynda.com. You can always, even if you're, that, that's the other piece of the thing is, is that I've realized is that there's, you should always be training. Yeah. Even if there's no, like, just for 
just to exercise a muscle in your brain. Like just being here at this retreat, this is training for us. This is training for the heart. Yeah. And that, and you, and, and it's yeah. super important. But I'm talking about training for the market. Yeah. I'm talking about because we live in a world yeah. where there's a marketplace, and we live in a world where that is just part of the game. Yeah. So we do both. We train the heart to give, have the capacity to forgive ourselves, and when we fail, and hopefully to like open ourselves up to opportunity that we might normally miss. And mm-hmm. also, one, the two aren't very separate. I mean, all this shit I'm spewing out here, I've just, it, it's like. The more in the flow you get, the more in tune with nature you get. Look how opulent nature is. Nature is opulent. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, this is in the what is it? In the Bible, Christ says, "Behold the lilies of the field. Yeah. They toil not, do they? Nor do they weave. Basically, they don't work. But look how my Father in heaven has clothed them. How much more so will He clothe you? Yeah. And so, in that spirit of service to the universe. And thinking like, all right, all right, I know this is my job, but actually my real job is like a servant to the healing force, the opulent force, the exuberant, beautiful outflow of the creative energy that's populating every moment. I want to be part of that. Yeah. Then things come to you. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can sit on your ass and play yeah. video games. You got to move forward. You got to be active in making decisions to move your life forward towards that. That's it. The reality is, and I've said this before, that I think this is the greatest entrepreneurial age in history. I mean, with the internet and what's available in terms of people can start businesses online, do all the marketing online, grow it to humongous scale on their own, and in a way that you couldn't have done 10 years ago. That's right. I mean, it's insane. It's and insane. My my father, you know, the only self-employment background we had, he was a painting contractor. He had, had a main job, but then he also painted apartments. I put myself through college doing the same thing, but you know, the scale and the limit of that was very focused on the place where I worked, the apartment complex that I worked at. Right, right. You know, now you have the whole world as your marketplace. That's right. It's insanely it's an insane opportunity. Yeah, it is. But you have to like know yourself in order to be able to get yourself to that place to be able to take take advantage of it yeah i mean it's good to do that because there's the other piece of the puzzle which is really funny which is that at once you start achieving the success now you're in real trouble because the whole thing like because one of the things you can think and by the i'm not one of those people who's like money's evil or it sucks to have like prosperity i think prosperity is fantastic but if you have you you have this itch and some people think that's going to scratch the itch and it will not scratch the itch. It just stops the clock from ticking between with your paycheck as much as it, you know, you're not worried so, oh shit, I gotta get this money because I gotta pay this thing. But that this, so you, we need this other part once you realize that this like race that you, in the finish line that you set up for yourself was just an imaginary thing you made up. Now what? Mm-hmm. Now what? So that's another reason that it's good to have the two things working together, you know? And it's the concept of right livelihood in Buddhism, which is that or, or, or non-violence, like how can I, how can I, you know, create a little machine with my business in a way that isn't exploitive, that isn't hurting people, that isn't fucking up the environment, that is there a way that I can do that too, so, and having that helps a lot, but mainly just go for it and work hard, just see work what happens hard. if you work hard, yep. if you're like spinning your wheels, just take a real honest look at how you're spending your time. You don't have to tell anybody. 
just really take a look at how you're spending your time. And you will find that you're doing, spending a lot more time doing something than you are pursuing this dream. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. World of Warcraft, pretend bullshit like... Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Or ridiculous stuff, like silly internet stuff. And then the other thing is always be training. That's the other thing. Always learn. Learn how to develop in VR. Be a trend analysis. What's coming? Do you know how to design for augmented reality? Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea about how, like, what the market for AR is going to be like? How do you build apps for AR? Who's going to be building that? For example, like, um, Apple just announced that at, I think, 2021 or something like that, they're going to release some kind of, like, Google what's it called? Google Glass? Some kind of augmented reality VR goggle mm-hmm. thing. That's so, we've got two years to get ready for that and there's going to be apps that need to you need to start developing that app now you know it's like thinking like that and then two years from now you'll have this beautiful shiny glowy thing right when the technology hits and everyone's going to want it yeah it's like thinking like that but you you got to think ahead and you could do that while you have a you could do that while you have a job yeah you could do that at night you could do that in the morning like there's all kinds of it's limitless what you could do. It's interesting, too, because the pace of change for business is accelerating because of what's happening. And what I see happening in, in my work is the larger companies aren't nimble enough to actually keep up with the right. change. Exactly. And that actually creates more opportunities for the people who are self-employed, who do have the ability to become a disruptor, yes. to actually have more foot ground, foothold than they could have before in previous days. Damn right. That's yeah. be- beautifully said, Jim. And it's like nimble is the word. Yeah. Ear to the ground. It's like, you know, you run, like sometimes I'll see people my, you know, my age or older and you realize, oh shit, they've gotten crusty. And they haven't gotten crusty because of their age. They've gotten crusty because they haven't kept their ear to the ground. Yeah. They think whatever they figured out when they figured it out is still the way things are. It is not the way things are. Yeah. Shit is different now, man. Yeah. And, to and it changes every every minute. And you're not going to see that on TV. The thing is, like, if you think yeah. surfing the net, going on TV, or, or, or surfing, like, the mainstream shit, or going on TV yeah. is going to help you understand what's bubbling under the surface, hell no, it's not. I mean, if you look at, like, the amount of money companies spend mm-hmm. doing this creepy reconnaissance of emergent trends understanding where things are going you've got to do that if you want to if like if you're if you're interested in you and not just do it in the sense of like i'm an anthropologist studying the thing you need to become it yeah you've got to get in there and it's it's a joyful activity you know that's actually that's great advice and that is actually that research is a great payoff from really networking and connecting with people where you can kind of pick their brains to kind of build that composite picture of what's going on. Yeah. You know, but you got to surround yourself with people who, A, know what they're doing, not idiots, yeah. and have, are able to add value like that. And all, and may I just add, you must, your heart needs to be in this. Like, it's like, don't do the robotic, because I've, you know, because of my podcast, sometimes you will encounter marketers pretending to be this thing or that and they want to be on the podcast you know what i mean but yeah. but it's they're marketers and and you realize like oh no i don't i don't really want to you know i don't want to interview 
somebody selling something. A brand. Yeah. And like once I did, there's a comedian named Mark Marin who's got this great podcast. And uh, very, very good, very, very, very good podcast. He's a great interviewer. He interviewed Obama. He's scary, Mark Marin. I really respect him as a comedian. He terrifies me, though. Um, so I went over to his house to do his podcast. And in his kitchen, or drinking coffee, he looks at he's like, what's your agenda, man? Are you pushing something? <laughs> right? And I, I remember being happy to realize like no i'm not like i just want to you know any more than anyone else is you know i just want to sit and talk i like conversations this is not to say that like uh i don't want i i would love for from a conversation with him for people to like me and come to my podcast and stuff like that but like my what i i love chats like this yeah i just enjoy it that's what i like and 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 all the other stuff that comes out of that is fantastic Mm -hmm. But the paycheck for me, the first paycheck is the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and that needs to be sincere, sincere, because yeah. if your first paycheck's your paycheck and not what you're doing, yeah. you're fucked and everyone can see it. Everyone can look right through you and be like, oh, you're a marketer. Yeah, I don't want to be with that guy. You're selling Amway to yeah. me. You're tricking me. Yeah. I don't want to be tricked. I don't want to like promote some weird thing for you. And I hate that. Ooh. You know, so you have to be sensitive about that because people can just do your heart and everything else works out. Awesome. So let's, what are two things that just in summation, I think you gave a lot of, lot of points, but what are two things you would suggest to young people um, in their 20s? What should they do? Well, I mean, definitely like get good at knife fighting. Because what's going to happen is they're going to take our guns away. The government's going to... We're going to have to learn how to fight with knives, probably sword play. That's rule number one. Second one is like bunker. Get a bunker, dig a bunker, stock it with bullets, knives, fentanyl, weaponry. And then after the economy collapses, emerge with these things and start a bandit camp. And then from there you could possibly become a bandit king Uh. would be my advice the other advice would be the other (laughs) the other advice would be um, I would say uh, for young people I'm trying to think of what I would have wanted to tell my young self Because when you're young, you're sort of just, you're asleep. Oh, you're asleep, right? So when you're young, you can be a little unconscious. Mm-hmm. And you're like kind of rampaging through life. And that's great. It's fine. But if there's any way that you could develop the capacity for mindfulness, don't mm-hmm. change your behavior. Whatever the thing is you're doing, you fucking lunatic. Keep doing it. But just work on the mindfulness aspect a little bit so that you can begin to watch what you're doing non-judgmentally and that way you can really enjoy it because mm-hmm. the thing that you're you're doing is is beautiful and it's like you're you 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 are so like, self-aware and yeah you have all this vitality in you and you're like ah so just be add mindfulness to the equation so that you this this thing that you're doing this dance that you're doing isn't so un- unconscious and yeah. that's it yeah keep doing what you're doing young people beautiful young people you guys are doing a lot of incredible stuff 
it's a, it's beautiful. Just it, just make sure that you're there for it while it's happening. The uh, and that's great advice. And the one thing I you mentioned that uh, you can't train somebody to be an entrepreneur. I would say the first step to training in entrepreneurship is mindfulness. It's self-awareness. Yeah. Like you have to be aware of who you are and who you want to be. Yeah. And what's around you yeah. and listening, in order to develop what comes next in that entrepreneurial skill sets. That's step number one. Yeah. But that's, that's great advice. And then after that, you know, that's pretty much once you get that going, then you realize all the other stuff is just icing on the cake, yeah. you know? So yeah, just, just make sure you're awake, you know, make sure you're self-remembering, remember yourself, figure, figure out a path that works for you, and then um, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. Awesome. So um, how can, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can uh, somebody reach out to you or uh, um, where's your podcast uh, posted it's a, at? It's DuncanTrussell.com. It's called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. You can just go there. Okay. Cool. Thank awesome. you, Jim. Awesome. Thanks, nice Bud. Chat. My pleasure. Thanks, Thanks Bud. Talk me. to you later. See, I'm going to go jump in the ocean.